Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome back to Crime Time, a podcast discussing all things mystery, thriller, sci-fi, horror, and crime fiction. I'm Lee. I'm Eddie. This is season five, episode eleven. Woo! Let's get it done. And today's episode is brought to you by FrankandCoReaders.com. That's right. We're sponsored by Franco Readers, a business completely unconnected to us. Uh, um, we'll just run that ad, shall we? Ah, I've just finished my manuscript. It's me, J.K. Rowling. (laughs) I wonder if this is terrible or not. Hello? Oi, J.K. Rowling, it's me, Frank. Oh yes, Frank, I've just finished my manuscript. Will you read it? Yeah, I will. I think maybe you should stop telling people Dumbledore's gay if you don't put it in the actual book. (laughs) Just a thought! Oh, thank you, Frank. Well, actually, I'm a billionaire, so... Frank and Co. Reading. Okay, great. So that was uh, francoreaders.com, a beta reading and sensitivity reading service by... Uh, us, I guess, if we're well, truthful. <laughs> so if you have that manuscript that you've written, that you've halfway written, that you've got stuffed under your bed, send it to us and for a small fee, we'll do you well. We will give you a fully comprehensive manuscript report where we tell you how it's reading, what we think, if it's holding together well, if there's any plot holes, if you need to get it edited. Essentially send it to us digitally, we'll treat you right. All right, so today... Uh, I can't believe you're not uh, talking about how great that ad was. It was pretty bad. It was professional. (laughs) (laughs) I think my JK Rowling voice is uh, really good. I feel like her name is JK Rowling. And you say Rowling. Yeah, like I'm lolling about how (laughs) awful that is. Um, No, I think those were professional voice actors. Trained. I I saw you. I was sitting here and it was just all you. I, I really think that... That was some like Charles Dance level kind of situation. It was you and a packet of playing cards to make it sound like you'd read a book. Uh, I've definitely read books and uh, Shakespeare, if you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we doing today? Tell us, Eddie. Okay. So we are talking about, uh, you know, I forgot because I was really excited about my great work. Uh, we're talking about CJ Tudor's Hiding Place. The Hiding Place. The Hiding Place. The one and only. Yeah. And uh, Jilly McMillan's The Nanny. Oh, I thought you were testing me. I was like, I'm in, I'm in pain <laughs> and peril. <laughs> All right. So let's start with The Hiding Place by C.G. Tudor. Yeah. Uh, okay. Firstly, I need to I need to tell people something in case they're confused in the same way that I was confused. Right. So this book was released here in Australia under the name The Taking of Annie Thorne. Right, okay. And it's being it's being picked up by, a, I think, a bigger publisher. Don't quote me on this. Right. And it's being uh, released worldwide uh-huh. under the name The Hiding Place. Oh, I see. And don't be like me and buy... Both of them. Both copies. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like, oh, look, two CJ Tudor books at once? I've, I, like, uh, Why I got, do I have to order them from different countries? <laughs> I got one online and one in person, and they both yeah. had different names. And I was like, cool, I love this new writer. Yeah. Dunk down. Ba I'm a dunce. Yeah, you're a dunce. You should have called Frank and Co. Readers. <laughs> it's me, JK Rowling. Call Frank and Co. Readers. 
I'm pretty sure she's not fancy. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. She's really rich. Though. She's really rich though. I hope. I really hope she sues us. JK, we, if you're listening. We need the publicity real bad. <laughs> no. Okay. So I spoke about the CJ Tudor. Uh, I guess like a few months ago now. Yeah. The Chalk Man. The or Chalk Man. Yeah. So good. If you have not read it, please just stop whatever you're doing and read it right now. I think we've already established I can't read, but you know. <laughs> These coming of age stories, very Stephen King-esque, and I don't think it's a drag to say that. I think she she even acknowledges him in her um, author's notes. Amazing. Um, I think she's heavenly inspired by him, but uh, I just love her writing. Uh-huh. Uh, and this new book is no different. It's called The Hiding Place. Right. So let me set up this idea for you. All right. Older man... Well, he's not really an old man. He's like our age. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Way to drag us. He's got like, you know, that he's got, he's like a troubled guy. He's got drinking and gambling problems. And for some reason he's returning to his, uh, his, uh, I guess like country village that he grew up in. Wow. Is it my biography? <laughs> <laughs> so he's a teacher. He's returning back to the town that he grew up in. And we're right. like, why? It's like, you hate it. Why are you back here? <laughs> Okay, sure. Oh, can I make a guess? Mm -hmm. Buried treasure. Oh, good idea. How much when you were a kid did you want to find that buried treasure? Oh, definitely. I also just, as a kid, I had a... You know when people are like, as a kid I thought quicksand would be a much bigger problem than it is as an adult. (laughs) Like, I really thought buried treasure would be a larger feature of my (laughs) life than it has been. And like, thinking about it as a kid, it was never that I wanted to find a million dollars. No. Like, I wanted to find that precious locket. Oh, right? <laughs> you know? Right, that a mermaid will fall in <laughs> yeah. love with you over. <laughs> There's like, I wanted to find that old cigar box full yes. of old family treasures. No, right? Not right? my family. <laughs> no, one time a friend of mine found an old cigar box full of really weird ticket stubs and things. And I was like, did you steal this from a tramp? <laughs> and they were like, I think I might have stolen it from a tramp. And I was like, go put it back. <laughs> Yesterday, my partner, we, we have a lot of plants at our house uh-huh, uh-huh. and she's like in love with them. Yeah. And recently they've had like little bugs on them. Right. And so she did a lot of research and found out that you could buy baby ladybugs. <laughs> <laughs> have them sent in the mail. They eat the bugs and then a few weeks later turn into ladybugs and fly away. Wow. Right. I'm getting to a point. <laughs> are you? Or are you just really in love with the weirdest person in the world? So we have second only to the person who sells ladybugs by mail order. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is so weird. This can't be right. Like, what about if we were like selling? Oh, I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't need to go into it. But um, some of our mail goes missing sometimes. I'm gonna oh, say no. <laughs> we have multiple thieves living in our building. Is it me? It's just a thing. We just have to live with it and right. not let it get us down. But something went missing a few weeks ago, and then we were really worried that these bugs would go missing. <laughs> Imagine, like, <laughs> imagine if you were just a male thief and you were like, ha, 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 I love to steal letters. I know. And then you were like, wow, this one's full of literal bugs. It would be like the kind of thing that you do to like catch the guy that oh, was doing right, it. Like, yes. yeah, well, take this, a bunch of bugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you idiot. <laughs> All right, where does the point of this keep going? Male thief. Oh, is that the point? Yeah. Right, okay. Like we do a crime podcast. Right, well, that's true crime though, so... uh I could write a book about it. You should. Bug thief. No, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going back to CJ Tudor, the hiding place. All right, place. all right, all right. 
So he is returning to this, yeah, small village, and we find out that quite recently there was a, a murder-suicide in okay. the town Intense. where a, a little boy had gone missing. Right. He was returned to his home yeah. after, like, 24 hours. Okay. And then his mum, who was also a teacher at the school, yeah. where our new character has come back to work, he's gotten a job in that school. Right. I don't know. Read the book. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Don't tell but, me my um, life. She she kills her she kills her kid. Jesus. Uh, and kills herself. Fuck. And this guy we think he's returning to the town because of this. Right. But we're like, why would he come to the town because of this thing? Right. Oh can I guess? Yes. He is the the woman and the child reincarnated. <gasps> Good guess but wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So the only, like, house for rent in this town... Oh, no, is it her house? <laughs> is there buried treasure in the house? Tell me there's buried treasure in the house. So he goes to live in that house. That's horrible. And he's already a bit of an outsider because these villagers don't like newcomers, even though he's an old comer. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. And so he's living in this house, he's teaching at the school, and he's investigating, I guess, what happened in this house. Okay. But we find out over time that a similar event happened to him when he was young in that his sister went missing <gasps> in the town, Annie. Right. You can oh, understand Annie's my confusion yep, about yep. buying the wrong book. Uh, so yeah, his sister Annie went missing when she was about eight and he was about 15 and living in that town. And it's not a spoiler alert, but she is she comes back to the house, but she's very, very different. Right. And he's kind of scared of her. <gasps> And so I guess history, in a sense, is repeating itself uh, with this new family. So this kid goes away, comes back. Was he very different too? Was that why the mum killed him? Um, Intense. There's a lot going on. There's lots of characters. There's, there's a lot of layers of, here. There's lots of threads. Uh, loved it. Recommend it. Please read it. Just yep. buy one copy. Just one copy. <laughs> or two. Or two. Support, support authors. Who am I to say that? Just, just really quickly, and we'll edit this out. Tell me how it ends. Okay, so last week we talked about uh, It, Chapter 2, Stephen yeah. King's new film, and how I didn't, I loved it, but I didn't love it. Right, And sure, then sure, I was sure. thinking about Stephen King films that I loved. Tell me. And a few months ago I watched Christine. Ooh, uh, this is the new one that's just come out. No, this is old, so oh. it was from mid-1980s. Amazing, well, because the, I think there's a new uh, one coming out either on, on Netflix or something. Really? I'm going to look it up. You don't you need keep, to. We you keep talking. You. you talk. You talk. I'll, I'll Google. Um, yeah. So this book, he, I think he released it in like 1983 and then the film followed very quickly. Uh, yeah. So I watched it a few months ago and it was, I was just riveted. It's about a car, isn't it? It's about a car. So this, okay. So it's always the same coming of age bully versus loser kids. <laughs> uh, so there's true. this like loser kid. Uh, I use that term because it's what they use to describe their yeah. subject position in yeah. it. Yeah. This is like one cool kid, one loser kid, they're best friends. Yeah. And the best, the, the cool kid kind of takes care of the loser kid. You know, he's kind of bullied at school and whatnot. But then one day he's coming home and he sees this beautiful car. It's called, guess what the car is called? Christopher. <laughs> so he calls it Christine when he buys it for like 300 bucks. And it's like this destroyed car anyway right he spends a lot of time working on it um but it looks so much better than it should maybe because it's magically regenerating Ooh, magically regenerating car i'm okay with that actually it's so good and so like the car kind of has like a sentience i guess okay and it kind of infects this loser kid as well so he becomes uh -huh. really arrogant mean kind of like doesn't be friends with his best friend anymore even though Ooh. they've always been really good friends and all the people that have been mean to this kid start getting killed by christine 
Wait, the car. Yeah, the car. Like, it's like a sentient being. What? Um, and it sounds kind of silly, but it was a really good watch. I think it's only about, like, 80s films as well. And I just couldn't stop thinking about how much it was an analogy for, um, like, drug abuse. Right. So, like, Stephen King has had a very public battle with uh, drug and alcohol stuff. And I just feel like it was, it spoke to me so much as someone that's had experiences of social anxiety. Mm -hmm. So this idea that you're like super socially anxious and then say like you have something like alcohol. Mm -hmm. So he found Christine that made him feel powerful. Other people might find drugs and alcohol that make them like feel confident and powerful. But then it like kind of goes too far. Right. And all his friends were trying to be like, well, his one friend and his parents were kind of like, this is changing you, you know? Like, you feel more confident, but, like, you're not the same person anymore. Because <gasps> you're being mean. Yeah. And he gets, like, a taste of popularity, and then he goes full nasty. Well, not popularity, but, like, power. power. Yeah. Yeah. And then I kind of feel like that's similar with drugs and alcohol. Like, it can make you more confident and make you feel more in control of the situation, yeah. but then it kind of goes too far and yeah. kind of takes you over in the same way yeah. that Christine took over this character. Amazing. I just looked it up. It turns out that there was a 2016... Uh, docudrama about someone called Christine. It, it's it's not. It's not. So this it's, isn't relevant. It's not saying. a car murder movie. <laughs> okay, I was coming to the end. <laughs> but anyway, I found that really interesting. I think that um, Stephen King uses metaphors really heavily. Yeah. And some people could say they're on the nose, but I'm like, I love it. Yeah, look, here's the thing. One of the things I really love about Stephen King is that he does those things that are like real heavy, like Rose Matter. We talked about that a few seasons ago. You know, it, it's it's this portrayal of domestic violence that also includes a demon, mm. and it's like, well, you know, maybe that's a bit of a, a bit on the nose, like a, demon as anger, demon as domestic violence. But also, it's kind of just a bit like, yeah, no, it's fair. Yeah, do it. Um, because this book was written in 1983, I'm just going to reveal the ending. Whoa! But, hold on, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Record scratch sound. What if I wanted to watch it? Uh, nah, go. Stephen needs a journey, come on. <laughs> anyway, he ends up, this kid ends up dying, right? Oh, dang! Um, and it's like, Christine destroys him. Yeah. And if you think about, like, Christine, Crystal, Crystal Meth, like, <gasps> I feel like Ooh. like these these are really big issues in the 80s. Yeah. So, like, he he, find, he finds, like, power in something, and then it just, like, consumes him, and then it ultimately destroys him. Yeah, wow. Question, does the car regenerate by eating people's souls? No, it just kind of does it by itself. Ah. Yeah, it doesn't have to cool. eat people's souls, but it's, oh, like, it very... It doesn't have to, but it does. It doesn't have to, but it's, like, very cranky if someone, like... Like be rude to it, or wow. <laughs> it's like a character in itself. Like it's no coincidence that the book is called Christine. Yeah, she's the starring character. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Next book. Boom. What is it? Uh, am I being tested? Yeah, this is a pop quiz. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Jilly McMillan. Uh huh. She was working in a bridal shop at the nanny. The nanny, yes. Um, cool. So it just came out like a few months ago. Uh-huh. Of course I got it hot off the press. Yeah. You were like, you called her up. You're like, Jilly, Jilly McMillan. How's your son doing on uh, Call the Midwife? What a winner. <laughs> Can I just say, when we first spoke to Jilly McMillan and, and read her work and we were like, we love you. And she, and like, it was like mentioned in her like... Uh, like blurb on the back of her books that like her son was in Call the Midwife. I'd never seen Call the Midwife. I know but- you have now because you used to watch my <laughs> Netflix and it would say, I would log on and it would be like, Eddie is watching Call, Call the, the Midwife. midwife. <laughs> and I'm like, firstly, why? Secondly, I've changed this password five times. <laughs> firstly, 
Uh, it's great. And secondly, your password is just the same password <laughs> with like, I don't know, you just go up in numbers. <laughs> no, but yeah, Julie McMillan's son is in it and he's a very good actor. How old is he in it? Well, I think he, like, it started and he was like 10 oh. or like 9 or 10. And now he's like 17. It's like, it's quite impressive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, good writer, good mum. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, like, I'll meet a family and, like, the whole family are, like, doctors. Right. And I'll say to them, I'm like, you did a really good job. And she'll be like, oh, it's nothing to do with me. And I'm like, in some ways, no. But in some ways, yes, man. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, it's like how all of my children are astronauts. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every single child I have. Yeah. All 15 of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, The Nanny, newest yeah. book. Yeah. Do you want to know the premise? You know, I'm dying to hear the premise, but at the same time, I love interrupting you. So <laughs> it's, about, a real, it's a real problem. How about you just tell me the premise? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she was working in a bridal shop. <laughs> so I don't want to give too much about this book away. It's getting rave reviews on Goodreads. I just want people to go out and buy it. You wow. know, we're Julie McMillan's biggest fans. That's true. Okay. So mum and daughter have recently lost husband slash father. Right. And... They're struggling financially and they move back into the mum's like childhood home with her mother. Right. Okay. So it's like grandma, mother, daughter. Whoa. Yeah. And mother character had kind of left that home long ago. Yeah. You know that story? Like she'd grown up in this like intensely rich house. Right. They live in like a manor. Oh my God. Is you it know? Gilmore Girls? It's, it's kind of like Gilmore, <laughs> it's Gilmore Girls. Girls. You know what? Think of that dynamic. Okay. Okay. So grandma loves spending time with new grandchild she's yep. doing really yep. well with the grandchild you know that thing like it's so common like you might not have a good relationship with your mother but then you have kids and then like the, your mom and the kids get along really well yeah. and you're like yeah. what's going on yeah it seems to be a thing i guess you know the, the grandma has like less responsibility and has grown as a person yeah. so yeah makes yeah. sense yeah uh so they move back into the house even though the mom is kind of like oh i really don't want to do this look that's fair i just feel like if you're an adult who's been living you know who's been like who's a parent yeah you just don't want to move back like it's not even if you like love and adore yeah it's a no yeah, it's a no from me uh, but yeah, she has to, she has no other choices and it's, it's a stressful situation. You yeah. you see the perspective from the mum and from the grandma. Right. Okay. So that's interesting in and of itself because you're like, I think I more can closely identify with the mother. But when you yeah. see like the grandma's perspective, you're like, well, that makes sense too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like multiple timelines going on. Oh, you know, I love a multiple timeline. I know. So you see mum as a kid growing up in this house. Ooh. And I think grandma's depiction isn't very favorable through right. the eyes of okay. the child okay sure, sure so sure. she's been primarily raised by this nanny <gasps> see where i'm okay. going yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 quick question yeah was she working in a, <laughs> <laughs> in a bridal show <laughs> so you see she's really attached to this nanny yeah uh, it's something that you hear a lot I yeah guess, kids that have been raised by nannies um yeah to keep on the gilmore girls theme there's a there's a there's a character who is raised by a nanny and is very attached yeah, Paris. Yeah, Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paris Geller. Paris Geller. How do I remember that? I <laughs> love that series. It was, yeah. Can um, I just say, quick side note though, the Netflix reboot. Mm. Oh, I waited. Like when I heard that that was going to yeah. come back, yeah. I was like, all my prayers have been answered. Yeah, right? And Because it ended it. on such a sad note. Yeah. And like, I feel like they can do the thing where it's sad because they do it well. Yeah. But just don't make it all so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It was a bit much. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, but then the nanny, one day, the kid gets up, uh-huh. and the nanny's just gone. <gasps> okay, but not like, not like she told her she was going to go, like, uh, Rosie O'Donnell in, uh, 
Harriet the Spy. I haven't seen it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, she grows up and she's always thought, like, what happened to that nanny? Like, I felt she's so gone. traumatized. Wow, she's in the basement. She's buried in the basement. Good, good, good guess. <laughs> she was the grandma. Oh. In, in a different outfit. It's Mrs. Doubtfire! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to give too much more away. But while the mum and the granddaughter move back into the house, they row over to this island that is near the family property or the okay. family estate, yeah, yeah. and they find a skull. <gasps> oh, dang! Yeah. So I guess there's many assumptions that one could make. One could make some assumptions about that skull. Yeah. It was, like, a really fantastic read. There was lots of, you know, I love a now-and-then plot yeah. line. And there's also, like, a plot line where it's like, oh, who is this? Like, yeah. which character is this speaking? <gasps> Ooh, Miss. Yeah, so I think she's uh, outdone herself. Julie McMillan, we yeah. love you. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to make a final guess, yeah. which is that the nanny didn't go missing. The grandma did. The nanny stole the grandma's identity! Whoa, and her ba, face. Ba, 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 <laughs> and it's actually face off Oh, it's two. face off. It's face off too. And the nanny is George <laughs> And the grandma is Nicholas Cage. I've, I've cracked it. It's the Da Vinci Code. Are you done? <laughs> All right, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything you want to add? Any uh, anecdotes, any stories from your week that you want to share? <laughs> I'm pretty good, I'm, no, good. I'm chill. I'm, yeah, I'm calm, I'm calm. Oh, the skull is Wilson. <laughs> that's that's the Tom Hanks from connection. <laughs> All right, friends, we're done. It's over. I'm so dead. Good day to you, sir. <laughs>